Hey, it's Mike. I am um, down the city, and I've got uh, a gig in a little bit, and I thought I would do a podcast and pass it along. The name of the podcast I have decided is called Tea in a Porch. And the reason I decided that was because, well, I think sometimes I'm just a dumbass. I, I changed the name on the podcast site, and then they kept the old name, and I couldn't figure out how to change it. So, tea in a porch would be nice. It kind of gives you the idea of sitting on a porch, having tea, and talking. I'm going to have guests, too. I have one uh, person I met who knows a lot about tea, so I think I'll have her on here sometime soon. Wouldn't that be fun? We can try different teas and see what we like. But I've got a few notes today to talk about a few things um, for this for this little podcast. If you hear noises in the background, it, it's because I'm down at uh, Mama's Market and I'm in the parking lot I, and the birds are out and construction is taking place. Cars are driving by and there's a few, few people talking loudly and screaming at each other. Typical city life. So you'll hear that in the background. I think it makes it more alive. So what's what's my week been like? Um, pretty exciting, actually. There, there's a, I put together a um, I put together a a program for seniors. I I play in these senior homes all the time. I play music for a living. That's what I do. And you're wondering, how the hell do you do that? Like, what the hell? Yep, that's what I do. I realized one day that I could take my guitar to a nursing home, assisted living, independent community, and I could play an hour's worth of music and sing, and they pay you for that. And I can do that three times a day. Multiply that times 40 to 50 gigs a month, and that pays your rent. And every month you go to your, every few weeks you go to your mailbox and you say, holy crap, how's this working? I'm not rich by any means, but I am rich. So today's theme is going to be, I think it's going to be called, sold my soul. I heard that phrase come out recently from someone who said they sold their soul as they stay in their job. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. How to actually find your soul's purpose how to how to do what you love and allow that to happen so i've got a poem i'm going to read by charles bukowski charles bukowski and uh he'll give us some insight on that but first a little bit about my week some interesting things happened i put together this program called exploring you and it goes through uh, a book I, I put together. I wrote a book called Opening Home. And the first chapter of that is thinking and thoughts and how we are not our thoughts. We are not our thoughts at all. Thoughts appear. They move. They come and they go. And thoughts will label you. There's even a thought that says, I am Mike. I talked about this in the last show. And the thought, I am Mike, then... If that is believed, then every thought after that throughout the entire day will be, Mike, you need to do this. Mike, you need to do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And then your whole day is nothing but a thought pattern trying to hold up this, this illusion of Mike. That's not who we are. We are what watches the thoughts. Whatever watches the thoughts, that's what we are. So 
this exploring you allows individuals to look where do thoughts come from what do they do where do they go uh, are you your thoughts and has some great exercises in it also where I take them and I ask them to close their eyes for a moment and think up their next thought and that's a great exercise try that sometime you just close your eyes and if I tell you think up your next thought what comes can you I find that most people can't and if they can't then they say well then I'm not thinking up any of my thoughts and if you're not thinking up your thoughts then your whole life is moving perfectly you've never created anything it's beautiful it's beautiful the other uh, a little exercise is uh, if I were to give you a magazine and ask you to sit and read it for 15 minutes you couldn't do it you would sit there for a while it could be your favorite magazine and then after a while what would happen is you would get up and start doing dishes or something crazy like that so we're always moving and moving and moving and are we creating are we doing are we making choices so that's what the exploring you is about so I'm bringing that to the seniors and they want to sit and have open conversation about this which I think is absolutely exciting so I can teach them and say, look, you're in a spot right now, especially some of the folks in the assisted living or even nursing homes where you've lost everything, homes, family, and you're perhaps alone and in pain. Let's look at this and say, what is here? What has been here the whole time? Even the pain is appearing upon presence. It's appearing upon this beautiful presence. This would be exciting. I'm, I'm jazzed about it. And I may open up some people and go, wow, I've never seen it that way. Or some of them might just say, um, this is bullshit. And that's what some of them have done. They've walked out and they've just said, bullshit, and they walk out. Um, I kind of like that. I kind of like when they do that. That means, all right, I've hit something really strong. <laughs> the other thing that happened this week, and this is kind of funny, is I played this one gig and I asked what songs they want to hear. And they said... Oh my God, they said Pink Floyd. They said they wanted to hear Pink Floyd. And it's interesting. So Pink Floyd has come up twice in my week. Um, this was the second time. And when they said Pink Floyd, immediately what I wanted to say was no. No, 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 no. Back away, back away. That is, that's my music. That is not your music. I, I'm here to play Frank Sinatra and, and Johnny Cash for you guys, but, but not Pink Floyd. <laughs> so... And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm 50 years old and these, uh, some of these folks are, might be getting into that age too. They've had some rehab going on and they want to hear Pink Floyd. And they're older than me, so they know who Pink Floyd is before I did. So I learned some Pink Floyd songs for them and uh, it was fun. It was really fun. The other Pink Floyd moment came up when I was in a record store and all of a sudden this gang of this gang of young kids come in they're they're like i don't know 15 and there must have been about 10 of them and they're looking through all the records they're going look ac dc oh yeah look at this oh yeah oh the van hale and they're all happy and then one of them goes oh 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 we let's find pink floyd and the guy goes oh look under here peas so they're like three or four of the dudes go over there and they start looking for the peas and they can't find it and they're going no these records are all by alphabetical order by the last name it's under f for floyd <laughs> I just sat there smiling. Funny kids. I was like that once. 
The other thing that's going on is this Friday, I am at the New Visions Bookstore in York, and I'm doing at 7 o'clock. So it's New Visions Bookstore in York, 7 o'clock Friday. It's called Friday Night Forum, and I'm doing um, an entire hour where I'm dissecting the poem of St. Francis of Assisi. This poem was shown to me when I was up at the grotto, and I sat and looked at this poem one day. It was raining, I remember that. And I read the first line of that poem. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna take that line, which, uh, let me rack my brain here. The first line of that poem is, um, it said, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. And I looked at that and I thought, how would I do that? How would I be an instrument of peace? How would I be full peace? And I sat in the rain in the corner, there was a little bench there, until I felt an entire shift in that. Then I went back and I looked at the poem and that first line was lit up. It was it enlightened in some way. And then I then went to the next line, which was where there is pain, let me have love or something like that. I don't know what it, what it was. And I went and did that. And I did that for every single line. It took me about an hour and a half. It was a nice drizzle of rain coming down, beautiful flowers around me. And I felt that that was almost a, a healing with the poem. So poetry heals, we know that. So I'm doing a presentation on that this Friday at New Visions Bookstore. And I'll, uh, I'll have some of my books for sale. And I'm just going to follow the poem and have people go through it. So that should be pretty fun. So speaking of poems, I have with me a, a book that uh, my daughter, yeah, Valerie, she... She said she likes this, this author. And so we bought a couple of books by him. And I ended up buying a third book. And so his name's Charles Burkowski. Now, let me talk about him a little bit. In, in the path of enlightenment, if there is a path, there's something that takes place where you... You see it. You see the beauty of enlightenment. And then you immerse into it. Uh, you marinate into it. And some people just stay in that spot where they just marinate back into it. They just stay there and they become just peace. And they become quiet in their life. And But what I've found in the path is, is you see it and you're in awe. Wow, that's amazing. And then you go and you marinate in it for a few years. For me, it was probably a good eight to ten years. You just go into it. You do some writings. And then you come back down this mountain into the town. And you now see everything as you saw it before. It's all still there. Cars, um, movie theaters, life football games it's all still there cheesesteak subs oh yeah they're great and but now you see it differently you see it as presence and awareness appearing as a cheesesteak sub presence and awareness appearing as a movie presence and aware appearing present awareness appearing as a, a football game as a baseball game all one presence patterning is everything and you can now go into this with just pure guts and rawness and, and enjoy it. 
and then you can enjoy life and and you can also go into character and become a Mike lost in this and cry and scream and yell. But at the same time, knowing that all of that crying and screaming and yelling is presence. So my guess on Charles Bukowski, as I read his, his poetry, is one or two things. One, he realized awareness, went up the mountain, came back down, and is just like, fuck it all, I'm just going to write these poems and I don't care what people think. That's my one theory on him. The other theory is he never even saw enlightenment, never went to the mountain, and and is just saying, screw it, I'm just going to write what's here. And that's beautiful as well, too. What I find, though, in his poems is that he, the reader will stop, just totally, he stops you, and he'll, in the middle, he has one poem where he talks about a car accident, and then he sees the destruction of the car accident, but then says, and a butterfly appears right in front of me as I watch this butterfly. So he's got a butterfly in one moment and a car accident with these alcoholics in the other. Just beautiful stuff. So this poem here, I, I, I thought I'd read to you. I, I really like it. It's called A Great Writer. It's not too long. And, and what it does is this will be a little bit to our theme of selling my soul, sell my soul to the corporate America. So let's talk about this a little bit. A great writer. A great writer remains in bed, shades down, doesn't want to see anyone, doesn't want to write anymore, he doesn't want to try anymore. The editors and publishers wonder. Some say he's insane. Some say he's dead. His wife now answers all the mail. He does not wish to, she says. At some others, and some others even walk up and down outside of his house, looking at the pull-down shades. Some even go up and ring the bell. Nobody answers. A great writer does not want to be disturbed. Perhaps the great writer is not in. Perhaps the great writer has gone away. But they all want to know the truth, to hear his voice, to be told some good reason for it all. If he has a reason, he does not reveal it. Perhaps there isn't any reason. Strange and disturbing arrangements are made. His books and paintings are quietly auctioned off. His new work is appearing now for years. Yet his public won't accept his silence. If he is dead, they want to know. If he is insane, they want to know. If he has a reason, please tell us. They walk past his house. They write letters. They ring the bell. They cannot understand and will not accept the way things are. I rather like it. Now this is great. So he's writing about himself. So he's in this place where he's um, stuck. He doesn't know what to write about. So what he writes about is the fact that he doesn't know what to write about. That's so beautiful. And while this is happening, he's in one place just accepting what is, and he's watching the rest of the world chip away at his house, ring his doorbell, and go into a fury frenzy of something needs to take place, something needs to happen. This is not the way it ought to be. So the way it ought to be, that's a huge, that's a huge story to carry in the mind. One of the first things we can learn is remove that from you the way it ought to be. Just try that. The best time to do that is around Christmas. 
the way it ought to be, let it go. Give up on it. Watch how your holiday will unfold. Maybe not on Christmas. Why don't you try it on Easter? Or maybe try it on 4th of July or something like that. Or on Martin Luther King Day. Or how about... <laughs> how about... How about Valentine's Day? <laughs> when you go into the to the damn grocery store and there's so many goddamn balloons you can't even get and pay for your your apples that you bought there. There's like balloons shoved in front of your face and chocolates. You can't even... It's just blown away. Well, who? Somebody came up with that and said, hey, let's do that. Let's just take the food store and just sell all this shit in here and force this holidays down everyone's throat. So, like, I feel guilty for not getting my lover a, a, a rose or something on this holiday. When, in fact, correct me if I'm wrong, I think most people don't really want that. They want it at other times. So, Charles Bukowski writes about the way things are, just as they are. Presence awareness is, present awareness is appearing perfectly right now, even in a place where you might say, my life is fucked up. I don't know what's going on. That is still present awareness appearing as that. So with that, the theme of selling your soul Right. How many of you are in jobs right now where you think, oh my God, this does this feels shallow. My job feels like it's all icing and there's no cake to it. How many of you are doing jobs where you feel like, I'm just doing this to get money to pay rent or to pay bills? How many of you are saying, this is what I really want to be doing. This is what I want to be doing. Um, I was in that spot for a long time. And eventually what happened with me was I lost some of the jobs. I, I got fired. They were sales jobs. And then I, I found myself unable to get back onto, onto the track. Onto the track. So if you're in a job and you think this is the way it ought to be. It ought to be this way. I need to get this job and then move up to a management position. And then I need to go and um, make a certain amount of money. And then this money will provide for me. That is thinking your way into life. That's not let light, letting life roll and unfold for you. If you want to open your soul up and live as an expression of presence, then take your next hour in your job that you're in right now and work differently. Just work differently. Work as if you have everything. Work as if you are work as if you are as if everything that you see around you, everything, every item around you, every object around you, every person around you is your mind. It's all you. Work as if every single person you meet is an expression of your presence. Sense the knowingness in yourself as the knowingness in them. And you say, well, how the hell do I do this? <laughs> what the hell? How do I do this? So let me give you some pointers. You go to your, your, your meeting, your little group meeting or something, your staff meeting, and you're in there and everybody's in there doing all the things they do in their meetings, which is basically me, 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 
me. Oh wait, how about me? And here's another topic about me. And how about me? And then they're all doing it out of fear. It's just, I call those the me meetings. Um, as you're sitting there, try to see within each person the silent presence that's there, the peace that's there. See their movements. Uh, see who they are. If you were to take each one of them and, and place your hand on top of their hand together and just lay your hand on top of theirs, you would feel that there's no space between your hand and their hand. There would be one presence there. There would be one energy. So look at the meeting as one presence of energy appearing as all. Don't care about the results. That's not really what it's about. And go in there and trust that awareness is going to bring you something beautiful from that. Now, the important part in understanding this is that if you shift into your own present awareness, everything else around you will shift too. It'll work for you because you'll now be vibrating from that place. But if you go in there with all ego and there's a me, then everything's going to be fragmented and all the thoughts coming to you will be about me protecting yourself, guarding yourself, doing offense and defense at the same time. It becomes a story, and it goes from one thought to another thought to another thought to another thought, in which case you don't control these thoughts, they just hammer at you. But if you go in there as, okay, this is presence, this is grace, this, this even though you don't like the meeting, this is sacred. Look at the silliness of the sacredness of this meeting, and walk in there like that, and walk into your job as if, it is sacred. By doing that, something will change. Things will change. I don't know what will happen. No one does. But you have to trust in that. We can talk about that more later. So if you feel like you've sold your soul, there's only one solution at this moment, is to take what you have and find the soul in it. Take what you have and find the grace and the sacredness in what you have. And if you have a horrible job where you're just not doing what you really want to do, again, find your own presence in yourself, your own grace and sacredness, and allow that, allow that to express in every single activity that takes place. See the miracles in what is taking place. Your other option is to then just say, well, fuck it, I'm going to quit the job and go and do what I really love. Okay, so then what you'll have is the universe will then bring you and say, okay, what you really love is, is sitting in the present, so that's what we're going to give you. And it's not going to give you any work. You, you may get some work. It may come to you eventually. But you have to take care of yourself and find the sacredness in what is working and trust that, okay, this will change eventually makes it more fun. If you don't find your own presence, even if you do a job you love, you're still going to be frustrated. So find it now and take those, take those moments and go, okay, I'm in a place right now where I don't know what I want and I'm not happy with what I'm doing. But what I'll do is I will find the sacredness in this. I'll reach for it and I'll sense it in me and then I'll see it everywhere else. I did this in human resources for a long time. I was just amazed, going, wow, this is beautiful. 
saw all these different relationships I had as opportunities. So you never sold your soul. You just lost the sacredness of the moments. Get it back. Go back and find it. It's there. Everything is the soul. Everything is the presence. Everything is the knowing. Find something that is not the knowing. You can't. So that's a little bit about um, thinking into life versus being into life. I've got two letters here. I want to go over some of these letters. These are good letters um, that came in with some questions about about non-duality and about presence and things like that. So let me go into this. The second one is a tough one. So let's go into this one here. This one has to do with relationships and love and finding a beautiful hot partner. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we're getting into it. Relationships. Ugh. Hmm. Yeah, I have a book I was actually going to write. I'm going to call it 99 Dates. I went on a dating site a long time ago, a few years back, and I think I went on 99 dates over a couple years. And each one of those dates was, uh, whew, was that interesting. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. People are interesting. So uh, let's look at relationships. Relationships. Someone asked me, um, this is a, uh, a lady up in Ohio, and she said, um, do you find yourself now more open to new relationships or do you find yourself waiting for um, a spiritual connection before establishing a relationship in both friend, friendship and love? So do you find yourself now more open to new relationships or do you find yourself waiting for a spiritual connection? That's an interesting question. So as we... Let's, let's, let's assume you're out dating and you're trying to find a relationship. Relationships are mirrors. They are a mirror of you. So if you are in a place where you're just interested in having a relationship, a drinking buddy or something, or someone to go out and have fun, or a friend with benefits or something like that, if you're just in that place where I just want that, then that's what you're gonna. That's what's gonna come to you. That's what's going to appear. Um, that's what you're going to find. If you're in a place where you're interested in, oh, I'm interested in in helping someone. I want to be to to help someone in a relationship. I want to find someone that needs that needs help or someone that um, is is an alcoholic. And I'm really good with those kind of people. I want to serve and help that way then you'll find someone who comes to you that's an alcoholic. If you feel insecure in yourself, you may then find someone that comes to you and will covet you in different ways. And you may burn them out too. So relationships are, are kind of tricky. The more you try to fix a relationship, the more it's not going to work. Relationships are, are kind of like you have the icing, be the cake and allow the relationship to form on its own. Work on your own presence. Your, your most amazing relationship ever, ever, ever 
is the relationship you have with grace is the relationship you have with with the boundless presence that's your relationship make that your relationship once you make that your relationship then you'll dissolve into that and then that changes it'll change your vibration it just does and then everything will fall into that vibration and want to be part of that vibration so the people that come to you will be of that vibration so if you're in the question here um, do you find yourself waiting for a spiritual connection the spiritual connection is a connection you have with your with your own grand being that's your connection have your connection with silence have your connection with with grace and peace and then once you have that connection the other person will show up and then if they do show up and they're spinning off in this direction that direction this direction and you are speaking to and seeing their inner beauty they'll sense that and they may flurry around and write tons of journals upon water and they'll know that they're just babbling but they'll connect and feel that with you there and home will be home will be uh, appearing there in the relationship if you're in that place where you're feeling a great bit of sacredness and beauty in yourself and individuals come to you that have just are not ready yet don't get it or still still just living in a place of trying to get something those people won't want to be with you they'll talk to you a little bit but they won't want you i had that happen <laughs> i think there was a there was a text that went back and forth and it said something like um <laughs> this girl she wrote to me and she said um well, before we meet on our date she says i have a few questions for you and i'm like oh shit here we go she goes what is your favorite restaurant and i'm like um so i wrote back um bob evans um and sitting at the front counter with my daughter <laughs> and she went okay and then she said what is your favorite uh, and I said to her, what's your favorite restaurant? And she's like, you know, La Petite something or other. I'm like, oh, God. And then she said, what is your favorite sports event and team? And I said, I enjoy going to see the Frederick Keys. And she wrote back, I have season's tickets to the Ravens. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. And then she said, what, what is your favorite travel spot? <laughs> and I responded, um, Dewey Beach. <laughs> And she, I said, or um, just going to Crabtown down in Baltimore. <laughs> and she wrote back, I like to go to something islands. And then after that, and then I got another text from her that said, you know, I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> I said, yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think I could afford her. Beyond that, um, the difference was she was grasping at objects to find her peace. I was grasping at objects to see my peace uh, as an expression of peace in those objects. So we would have been like oil and water. So there, there wasn't 
any waiting for a spiritual connection on that one. The spiritual connection came from me. And and then I eventually, after a few, I then eventually found someone that is actually a, a, a very easy expression. The mirror is clear. So when I look at this person I'm, I'm hanging out with now, um, her her vibration and energy is a, a complete clear mirror so I can see myself very easily. And that's that's how it works. Did I try in this this relationship? No. Am I trying? No. Not at all in any way. There's no plans, goals on the way it ought to be. We just enjoy. And that's what it comes down to. Um so are we am I open to new relationships? I'm open to meeting people. When you when you see the presence, you are then open to anybody. And everything is a relationship. You're in a relationship even with the clerk who's checking you out in the food store. That's a relationship. It's a small little short one, but it's there. Again, find the boundless place that's that's there between the two of you and find out if it ever stops. It won't. Okay, the second letter here that she wrote is... And this one has to do with awakening, which I love this letter. How do you know when you were... How do you know when you were awakened? Um, was it like flipping on a light switch or was it gradual? Everybody gets hung up on the awakening stories in many ways. I think they want to hear them because once they hear them, they think, oh, this is what he did. And, and that, what do I need to do to do this? And I don't know if I have an answer for that. Um, everybody... There's, there's some individuals I've met who have suddenly awakened instantly just by walking around a corner. And then there's other individuals that have been through, been through fucking hell. That's what I went through. Everything broke down that I knew of. Everything. People disappeared in my life. Jobs disappeared. Everything I knew in life, nothing was the same. I was completely alone. And... I was in complete pain and madness, and from that, I gave up. But I didn't know that I was giving up and opening up into something. I was just giving up and thought, well, I'm done. So, when it did happen, it was like a light switch. I don't know how else to say it. It was like a light switch. It was like somebody opened up another dimension unzipped imagine if you're looking at the sky and there's a big zipper and somebody can unzip it and as they unzip it they open it up and beyond that is something else that's that's beautiful yeah that becomes great so when that happens um when that takes place you look at everything and everything you're thinking looks different. Your thoughts are, I don't know how to say clear. There's, there's a light that takes place. But the light is not a light like a, like a flashlight or anything like that. It's not a, not a bright light like that. It's a lightness. A lightness that takes place. Like, like a breaking in the sky. Like the sky opened up and there was another dimension beyond the sky. And then this dimension just came down and opened up into everything. And for many, many weeks, I would wake up in the middle of the night saying, is it still there? Is it still there? And it was. 
sort of like if you were to go to a fish and say, where's the ocean? The fish is like, I don't know, I'm looking for the ocean. And then you, the fish realizes that the ocean is there as everything. What is here? What is here now? What is appearing? So did I know when I, yes, I knew. I knew when, I, when something happened. I knew that the awakening had happened. I knew it. In fact, I knew it so well that I laughed about everything that was going on in life. I was teaching Reiki, tons of Reiki classes, and I couldn't teach them after, after that. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so done with this. I, I couldn't do it. Reiki to me was like um, shooting water guns underwater. It was just nothing. I'm like, it was just emptiness, touching emptiness, touching emptiness. What was I teaching? There was nothing to teach there. I even had a student I ran into a while ago. She said, Mike Smith, what are you doing in this crystal shop? And I'm like, ah, I just want to look at some of your fun stuff you're selling. And I bought some stuff. She said, I need to tell you something. And I said, what, what is it? And she said, you taught me Reiki level one. And, and then uh, I, I, you were like, she said, you were the man. She goes, you were teaching this all over the, all over the county. And, and to, everybody told me to go see you. She said, and you were really into it. She goes, and then I went back to you for a master class, and she said, you had changed. She said, you had found something different. She said, your vibration was different. She said, and uh, she said, you just were not teaching it the same. She said, it was, it was, it was much open and more free, and, and uh, I just want to let you know that. And I said, yeah, I said, that's, that's what happened. After this happened to me, I took all the spiritual books I had. I had a whole bunch of them, and I just put them in a big old bag and took them to Goodwill. And I got rid of them. They're all books on chakras and kundalini and I don't know. I probably should have kept some of them because I now read to find words to express this. And I read to, to find how other people look at this. And so there's more joy in reading instead of seeking, seeking, seeking. So it was something did take place from one moment to the other moment. There was a change. Then over time, it just unfolds more and more and more. And that teaching just begins at that moment. Then it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper until you can't even describe it. Um, the depth is now going back into life where it's like, okay, yeah, let's go see Limp Biscuit in concert and and watch the mosh pit and enjoy that and feel the vibrations and get lost as a single character and at the same time knowing that you're never going to lose this and that there's no sacred place you have to be because everything is the sacred place so her aunt to answer this girl it's yes there was awakening and um there was also a gradual um learning too, a gradual awakening as well. So those are good questions. Well, I need to get some food. And so I'm going to um, I'll do a, a flute song to say goodbye and then I'll close this off. Enjoy your day and talk to you again. If you have questions for me, just put them on the web page that you see this podcast on. Um, or you can put them on my True You page uh, about the podcast. Or if you have questions, I'll answer them next time. And that's it. Enjoy your day. And we'll end with some pretty flute here.
see you all later.